0: Hey, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm here. Hello, I'm Ron. Shalom, y'all. All All right, there you go. Uh, We are here to help Christians make sense of the Jewish roots of their faith. We want to introduce Christians to the fact that Jesus was actually a Jew, and because of that, that changes everything. But not only that, we're here to also reach out to the Jewish people. Yeah, changed everything for us. That's right. So we want to be able to tell the Jewish people that this Jewish Messiah named Jesus is for them as well. So uh, we are going to get into it. Um, Last, we... We're here, uh, here on season three, we talked a little bit about the cat skills, a return to the cat skills, and what we like to do on all of these podcasts is we like to just tell a little joke. It keeps us grounded, it preserves some of our history, and we get to laugh a little bit, and we never mind doing that a little bit. Yeah. 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 So, I'm thinking that you brought the joke today.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, um, yeah, we talked about the cat skills a little bit last time, and uh You know, just uh, to say one more thing about that, uh, you know, people would just to get out of the city uh, for a while and get up to uh, the Catskill Mountains and the resorts up there, you know, a month's vacation uh, might cost a few hundred dollars, but... It was an introduction to a wider America and a preservation of the Jewish culture. And that part of it was priceless for them. So people wanted to keep their Jewish culture alive. And up in the Catskills, this was a way to do it. And it was an American vacation, but with all of the Jewish trimmings. And so they had uh, great jokes, great humor, great stories. And uh, hopefully this is one. Uh, let me tell you about an Italian barber. See, we're talking about Jewish and the Catskills. We've got an Italian barber here and he's giving a man a haircut and he learns that his client is a Protestant minister. And when it comes time to pay, the barber says, Reverend, of course, I'm not a Protestant, but I respect any man of God. I'll not accept money from you. And the minister is very touched by this and he thanks the barber, and he goes out, and an hour later, he comes back and gives him a beautiful edition of the New Testament. Oh, that's very kind. Wow. Okay, so a few days later, a man in a clerical collar comes in for a haircut, and when it comes time to pay, the barber says, Father, I, of course, am also Catholic. I will not take any money from you, and the priest is very touched by this. And he thanks the barber, and he goes out, and an hour later, he comes back with a beautiful crucifix. And then... A few days later, a man comes in for a haircut, and while talking to him, the barber learns that he's a rabbi. And when it comes time to pay, guess what? The barber says, I of course am not Jewish, but I respect any religious leader. I will not take money from you. And the rabbi, just like the others, is very touched. He thanks the barber, and an hour later, he comes back with another rabbi. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Bada boom. That's good. I like that. He yeah. found a free haircut. Yeah, yeah. He's got to. He's got to bring all his buddies by now. Yeah, that's good.
1: That's best yeah. kept secret right yeah. there. Yeah, a little Borscht Bell humor. That's good.
0: Well, hey, uh, last episode we talked about uh, the chosenness of God's people. Um, that God chose His people. Uh, that this was a creative act. And, and he called them, not because of, of who they were, their number, their great might, but he chose them so that he might be glorified, that he was going to make his name great throughout all the earth through this people. Uh, but what we want to get into here in this episode is asking this question, well, now that he's chosen them, how does he actually feel about Israel? Um, and yeah. And I want to just, as a precursor, we, we announced in the last podcast that uh, we're giving a book away, and the book that we are giving away is called The Jewish Jesus, and it's by a guy named David Hofbrand. And David uh, wrote this book, and we're very jealous because this is personally the book that I would like to have written. Um so thank you, David, for stealing it right out from underneath us. Uh, we'll write the sequel. Thank you very much. Uh, but uh, really, I, I, I love this chapter, uh, and it's it's very basic and very simple, but um, we're, we're pulling some stuff from there. And uh, our hope is to be able to get him on here and figure if we keep talking about him and saying his name enough that maybe he'll have to show up, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we're here, and I, I'm I'm looking at chapter eight, um, and it's on page ninety three. So hopefully, you know, if you if you didn't win the book, um, then go get the book. Uh, it's on Amazon, and I'll give you a little secret. Here's the secret: huh? <laughs> you, you actually saw my book, and you were a little bit jealous of my yeah. book. Yeah, what what is this? You got a hardcover, and I got a soft cover. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to get the hardcover. I just, I just ordered it in one click on Amazon, man, oh and man. it came. But then the, the the greater insult to injury for you was, you said, I didn't even know it was there in hardcover. I would have got it in hardcover. And we went back on the Amazon and we looked, and then we found out that the hardcover was actually cheaper than the soft cover.
1: <laughs> on there but not cheaper than the one i bought yeah you, i'm sure
0: you found the best deal probably. i got a deal you're probably from an italian barber huh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway uh yeah so grab it it's a it's a good book and uh next couple episodes we're going to be talking about this and and even would love to have uh david david are you out there david just say yes we're actually going to be talking to him next week so we're looking forward to that um, all right. So how does God feel about his people? Um, and 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 really this relationship, if you look throughout the Old Testament, there's a lot of back and forth. Hey, Israel, I want you to do this. Israel, I want you to do that. Sometimes Israel's incredibly faithful. When Israel's incredibly faithful, what's that relationship like? Oh, God, it's a blessing. It's a great they're thing.
1: They're in the land. Uh, they're multiplying. They're fruitful it's,
0: it's everything that the covenant Enjoy. and the promise gave, right? Like in Deuteronomy when yeah. Moses is there, right? I'm going to put before you two paths. And here's a path of blessing and here's a path of curse. Yeah, here's life and here's death. That's right. And so when Israel's following, everything is great. And when Israel is not, everything is not so great. Right. But
1: we should add yeah. the fact that when we're talking about that... Uh, Little uh, section in Deuteronomy, we're talking about a covenant that is a conditional covenant. In other words, for Israel to be blessed and be in the land, it is conditioned on their faithfulness to God. Uh, the Abrahamic covenant is completely unconditional. That's right. all God.
0: Yeah, and we have to go through like, Genesis 17, and we yeah. go through that 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 covenant, and that that's for another time. But yeah, um, but really, e- even in those times when. Israel is unfaithful when Israel is disobedient, when God has given Israel over to their enemies and now they're in captivity, how does God feel Uh, about his people then? Well, he, he
1: he still loves his people. He says in Isaiah chapter 43, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. That is God's heart toward Israel, toward the Jewish people. Uh, Isaiah was a prophet uh, that was during that time of the captivity.
0: So, one of the things that uh, David talks about in the book is he starts out this chapter and he he walks through and talks about this idea of that this this is a father relationship, a father uh, in relationship with their child. Uh, that this is a relationship of love. So, I just thought this would be a really great moment on the podcast for you to talk about what was it like when I was born.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well I went off I'll tell you, yeah, if if you were a little stronger you would have torn your crib apart. <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> and uh I remember when we dropped you off in the nursery, um, you know at, at, Wally in the nursery there. Is
0: that Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa? Calvary right? Chapel
1: in Costa Mesa, yeah. How old am I? Uh you were about a year old, okay. Yeah, he had to separate you from the rest of the kids because I was a chosen baby, yeah, I had and, chosen people. That uh, yeah, was and, where I've always been stiff necked, huh? Well, you had the chosen tush also <laughs> because he had to give it to you once and he came out and told us I had to spank him.
0: That was my first spanking. Yeah. Can you imagine? I got my first spanking from a church nursery, and you did you guys file, file a lawsuit? Yeah, I well. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. In fact, what did you say to Wally? Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> you said that you told me. You told me that you said to him. He had it coming for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah. I and, must have given it to you once. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, All anyway. Right. So, but this is this is the relationship. This is the love that God has. Now, uh, there, there's a couple of passages in Scripture. Um, for for example, uh, in Zechariah two eight says. He who touches you, Israel, touches the apple of his eye. Yeah. Uh, what,
1: what does that mean? Does that mean more than what's really there? That's right. So let's
0: dig in. What do these words actually mean? And and not only there in Zechariah, but my, my favorite, one of my favorite passages, and I'll have to really tear this apart another time, but it's in Deuteronomy 32, verse 10, and uh This is this is uh, well. Even I'll I'll go back one verse into verse nine. Uh, For the Lord's portion is His people, Jacob; Israel is the allotment of His inheritance. He, meaning God, He found him in a desert land, and in the howling waste of the wilderness, He encircled him, He cared for him, He guarded him, as the apple of His eye. Eye. Oh, wow. Now, some mm-hmm. some translations might say apple, some might say pupil.
1: Pupil, N-A-S says pupil. There you go. Yeah.
0: Pupil, like a, like a student? Yeah, no, pupil, like the center of your eye. There you go. Yeah. Good. So, what does this mean? Um, and, and how did we get this translated to apple? So, in the Hebrew, the word apple is this word called tapuach. Tapuach. Mm-hmm. If you actually look at the Hebrew in this passage right here, you will not see the Hebrew word "tepuach." In fact, that word is actually the word "ishon." Ishon. Uh-huh. What does "ishon" mean? "Ishon" means the little, little man. man. Yeah, the little man. Yeah. So uh, I was in Egypt, and uh, I'm I'm borrowing some of this content from a friend of uh, mine, Brad. But, um, before Brad you Crates. say
1: that, let me let me say something here. This is an interesting comment, and commentator All right. talks about the pupil of his eye in Deuteronomy. Okay, says literally, it's the little man of his eye.
0: That's did, did I it? not just say that? Yeah.
1: It's interesting that we have you a have Christian me? commentator here who agrees with us. Oh, what a surprise. But, uh, Somebody actually agrees yeah. with me. But just as the pupil of the eye is essential for vision and therefore closely protected, especially in a howling wind, so God closely protected Israel. Yeah.
0: yeah. We're just going to edit that out. Okay. I can't believe you just did that. You stole everything. That you, that was the punchline. In fact, it wasn't, though. No, it was I got a little bit more. Are you ready? When I was in Egypt, I uh, was with a guy named Brad Gray, uh, who has a great ministry, teaching ministry, <clears throat> and he talks through some of this. But when you're in Egypt, uh, that they, the eye was the window to the soul, right? You can look at somebody's eyes, and you can see whether there's life in there or even like they have dead eyes, right? There's nothing going on in there. You, there's like an emptiness there. But that was always like however you painted the eye, Uh, was always incredibly important. If you look at a lot of Egyptian art, um, the eye is incredibly important.
1: A Jewish uh, saying was always surrounding the eye, whether or not a person had a good eye.
0: Really? Yeah. That's it? That's all. Well,
1: you you could tell something about a person if he had a good eye. And it has a lot surrounding that in terms of his, you know, who he was and how he was and, you know. Go ahead.
0: I don't know what that means. A good eye? Yeah, like, like, hey, you have a good eye for art? Like, no, that's no, what no. I'm thinking, like, when you're saying no, that. No, a good
1: eye has to do with his character.
0: Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just some trivia I grew up with. It didn't move the needle with me. Okay. Yeah. But thank you. I'm sure somebody, if you uh, were really moved by that and thought that was good, please uh, reach out, send an email to ron at the com. <laughs> yeah. Ron at the yeah. com. Yeah. Somebody from the older generation. <laughs> can i finally get to my point here for goodness sake um so it says here that he encircled him he cared for him he guarded him as the apple of of his eye the little man of his eye the eye is important the eye is a window to the soul and and what this actually means is that when israel is wandering in the wilderness the howling of the wilderness the midbar uh we talk about the yeshimon where is god god is with his people why because they're his chosen people now what this means though is the little man have you ever got really really close to somebody and you looked very intently in their eyes yeah what was that like? <laughs> We're going to get real personal right now. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I want you to give it a little play-by-play. I'm going to just come across the table over here. Oh, no. going to get real close. Oh, gosh. What's happening right now? What's oh the play-by-play? Man. He's very close, very close, people. Oh, my but gosh. But now look into my eyes. Look, oh look God. intently oh into my, my
1: eyes. Oh, my gosh. So close.
0: <laughs> do you see... Your own reflection in my eyes. No. No, look hard. We got to get closer. <laughs> but the noses are in the way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right,
1: I'm coming back. Oh,
0: boy. There we go. That was, that was great. Was that, that good? Yeah. I think the, yeah. that father-son moment we talked about the, you know, God's love for his, his people, yeah. his children. Boy, oh, boy. What this means is, I feel like it's taking me 10 minutes to get here, goodness sake. (laughs) During that time of Israel's wandering in the wilderness, they have nothing. Uh, They are in the howling waste that God is there with them as the little man. He's guarding them as the little man in his eye, that God was so close to his people that as he looked at them, he could see his own reflection. And that as they looked at him, they could see their own reflection. That God is there and he is with us even in our times of difficulty. That's all I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Was it worth it to get through all that? Yeah. Yeah, alright. So God loves his people. Now, in, in case we think that God loved them in the past, but doesn't really love them anymore, we have to actually make the case.
1: This is the point.
0: Yeah. So what does that mean? What is the point?
1: Well, God has a love for his people, just like he loves the little man of the eye that he protects him, that he guards him. He has that love for his people. Um, even when they are wayward, yeah. he has a promise that he is going to bring them back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In in Romans, Romans 11, it says, uh, Many of the people of Israel are now the enemies of the good news, and this benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God is pursuing and he loves his people now I, I see you frantically and and people can hear the pages they're, they're like a whirlwind over there oh, did, god. did something did something hit you just now
1: yeah well that that whole uh, that whole idea in romans eleven twenty eight, um the when it says well you read from the new living translation uh that the people are you know the enemies of god um what verse was that? Eleven twenty-eight. 28 yeah, 28. Um, yeah. From the standpoint of the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but from the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved for the Father's sake. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. So, with regard to the the gospel, they're they're enemies, uh, but for regarding the Father's sake, the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they are beloved. God hasn't forgotten
0: yeah and I think here's where maybe let's land here is there is a motif um that that shows up throughout scripture and one of those one of these motifs is that that we are the bride of the lord yeah. um, that Israel is the bride in fact in isaiah sixty two Uh, He talks about that. Uh, Isaiah 62, it starts out, says, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet. Page turn. Boy, this is hard. I love it when the pages stick together. There we go. Until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning, the nations will see your righteousness and all your kings your glory, and you will be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord will designate. You will be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of God. It will no longer be said to you forsaken, nor to your land will it any longer be said desolate, But you will be called, my delight is in her, and your land married. For the Lord delights in you, and to him your land will be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so your sons will marry you, and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. Yeah, wow.
1: Isaiah 62... That's a part of Isaiah that is forecasting into the future, even from where we are today. That's right.
0: And and here's where it comes full circle. Um, What I love, you know, over and over again throughout throughout the Old Testament, God continues to put Himself in that position of, "I was a husband to you." Um, Right. I I did this. I did this. I brought you out of Israel or Egypt with a mighty outstretched arm, though I was a husband to you and though you were not. And and there's times where he says that, I mean, the whole book of Hosea Hosea is like that she was a harlot, right? Israel was a harlot. She whored herself out, right? An adulterous bride. Yeah. And so, but he says, though I was a husband to you. And he keeps saying that. And then at the very end of the story, Finally, the marriage comes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, uh, I
1: I see. What's interesting about that whole idea with Hosea and Israel being an adulterous bride, uh, we kind of touched on it there, but uh, uh, God does what no man would do. You know, a man would get another wife, you know, usually, but uh, God comes back to the same woman and this time he brings a contract that's unbreakable by the bride
0: that's right. and
1: that's the new covenant that jeremiah talks about that you alluded to jeremiah 31
0: 31 to 34 yeah yeah and and just wait till we get to I and mean, we got some fun stuff up our sleeves uh, this fall when we talk about as a bride and uh-huh. there's some neat yeah. neat stuff that will blow yeah. blow our minds again but um Here's here's where we land. Is uh, I've had the opportunity to officiate a ton of weddings, and I love it. Um, it's 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 an honor to always be a part of those moments. But you know my favorite part? I love that part where the back doors the back doors they open up, and everybody's they're looking they're looking at the, the mother of the bride, and she stands up. And then everybody else, they stand up. I'm standing up there in the front and everybody turns around and it's like the air gets sucked out of the room and everybody's looking at the beauty of the bride. And the bride shows up. The bride's here. I yeah. mean, this is it. Let the party begin, right? This is what we've been waiting for. And while everybody's <clears throat> looking at the bride and I take a glance at the bride, yeah, she's beautiful. It's great. But my, my eyes are fixated somewhere else. Oh? Yeah.
1: Where are they fixated?
0: Well, I'm up there in the front. You know who I'm standing with? The groom. The groom. Yeah. <laughs> I think now do this next time you go to a wedding. Uh huh. Watch the face of the groom. Uh huh. Because it's amazing. I mean, when I got married, uh, there was no such thing as the first look pictures, right? Like today, it's the first look, right? Uh-huh. They uh-huh. before the wedding, like you know, they go back to back, and then they turn around and they get to see each other. It's this first look. It's this beautiful look. But that moment when you look at the face of the groom. There is no guy up there who's ever looked disappointed when he saw his bride. It's like no guy is up there saying, ah, "I wish you did your hair differently," or no uh, guy saying like, "Eh, uh-huh. her." <laughs> no, his face is what—it's lit up. It's lit up. It's delight. Yeah. yeah. And and this is this is where the the story gets culminated. This is the end of the story, right? It's it's this bride piece, right? It's uh, in in Revelation twenty two. And we, we, have, we have the marriage of the lamb. All of this is here. But I love I love this passage in, in Revelation 22. We have the tree of life, the restoration of shalom. But in verse 4, it says, we have all of these things. There will no longer be any curse. I'm in verse 3. No longer any curse, and the throne of God and of the lamb will be in it. And his bondservants will serve him. And then here we go. I think the five most powerful words in the Bible. They will see his face. Mm -hmm. They will see his face. The bride, long-awaited bride, will now see the face of the groom. And the question is, what does that face look like? That face is not bummed out. And I think that when we look at our relationship with God, when we look at who we think God is, and who was it? Was it Tozer? Says, what we think about God is perhaps one of the most important things about us. Uh-huh. I totally botched that, but it's something like that. If not, then I'll take credit for that. But that face of God, I think, is everything. And if we don't realize that God loves us, and if we don't also realize that that love for us, it started with God loving his people, that 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 love for Israel has been extended Um, not just to the Jewish people, but to to the church. And we're going to talk about that as well. But God loves us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Great, great point. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted you to wax eloquently and kind of say, wow, that's amazing. I've never heard that before. Well,
1: uh, you know, God God says that, uh, you know, he has loved his people. With an everlasting love, with an unfailing love, I've drawn you to myself, and that is the culmination of it in the end of the Bible.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. as the church, as followers of Jesus, and I'm, I'm speaking to Christians here, um, that I, I'd say that the Jewish people today, they, they need a friend. Um, I, I mm-hmm. talked to a friend of mine who, who reaches out to the Jewish people, and he, he's a Gentile, Who loves the Jewish people so much so that he became a missionary to go reach out to the Jewish people as a Gentile, Uh which I love. And I said, what makes a Gentile want to become a missionary to reach out to the Jewish people? And he said, I looked at the history. I looked at the situation that is happening here on earth. And he said, Israel did not have a friend in the world. Uh He says, I want to show up and be a friend to the people, to, to Israel. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that that's the role of the church is to be that expression of God's heart towards his people. Yeah,
1: it it is. I, and I also have a friend, uh, likewise, uh, who is a pastor, is a Korean pastor, who mm. I met in Brooklyn while we were both there reaching out to the Jewish people in New York. Yeah. And we found out we lived really close next to each other in California and, uh... He asked me to start coming and teaching at his church, so I did it monthly, and uh, I even did a 10-week series with him. But the fact of the matter is, is that he loves Israel and the Jewish people. He goes to Israel all the time. In fact, he's going there in a couple of weeks. And uh, he has in his church a Bless Israel Night every month, where that is a focus. And, uh, you know, you ask, why, why do you do that? Because of what the Bible says concerning Israel, and Mm. he wants to be blessed also.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's amazing. The the Korean church, they love Israel. Yeah. uh, Especially his. And in return, Israel loves these Koreans. Yeah. They're making headway of all the people, right? Yeah. The most
1: astounding thing was he was telling me the last time we got together, uh, which was just a couple of weeks ago, that uh, in Israel, uh, he has special outreach and ministry, and there are Israelis, actually, who come to his outreaches, and they speak Korean, which I can't even—I don't find a category for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, That's right. Yeah. But he's going out there, and he's, uh, he's a big supporter of what we're doing and good friend yeah. of, of what we're doing, and so we're— we're thankful for that. So that that is the call, um, and maybe we need to put something out there in like an upcoming blog post of here's ten ways that you can love and bless the Jewish people, God's chosen That's people. That's a good idea. All right, you write it. I'll put it up okay. on the website. All right. Hey, well, thank you uh, for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of uh, of the, the Jewish, Jewish Road, the <laughs> Jewish Road podcast. Uh, that his people, the God God's people, have been chosen to be the apple of His eye. But not just the apple of his eye, the little man of his eye. Do you want me to come back over there? You want to do a little
1: close? It's okay. I think I got the message. You look a little traumatized, over there, You want to come?
0: No. <laughs> Next time I come, I'm gonna be on your lap.
1: Oh boy. Yeah. That'll be a
0: different thing. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, we're always grateful that you do. Uh, hey, check out, uh, check out this book. It's uh, it, it's working for us. We really like it. The Jewish Jesus by David Hofbrand You can get it everywhere fine books are sold. And uh, you can even get the hardcover for a buck cheaper. Not bad. I'm going to have to get another one. I know you're going to get another one. <laughs> but your biggest problem is that you have already marked up the uh, first one. It's my like gosh. You're, you're in too deep. Like, how can I possibly it? I like, know. That's a problem. All- yeah. That, that's what's going to keep you. But what a dilemma. It's a constant dilemma for you. It's yeah. Yeah. the same problem with switching Bibles. Yeah. No, that's right. Well, Thanks for listening uh, we, we appreciate it Check things out uh, On Instagram and Facebook At The Jewish Road You can see more uh, Read more At TheJewishRoad.com uh, We're grateful for your support And guess what? Uh, speaking of support, this is a nonprofit, And so uh, we survive and we thrive based on how you give and how you donate. So we're real thankful for the crew that supports us and what we're doing here. So uh, continue to do that. And until we talk next time, until the next podcast, Shalom Yerushalayim.
1: Yes, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Never forget.
0: Shalom.